Good morning, and welcome to Midpoint Wednesday. I'm Shelley Reback, your host for WMNF's Mid-Florida, Mid-Week, Mid-Morning Dose of News and Public Affairs with a Local Perspective. You are listening to WMNF 88.5, Tampa Bay's only independent, commercial-free FM radio, brought to you by you because we are supported by generous listeners just like you. Today is December 7th, 2022. It is one week since we learned from reporting by Charlie Frago at the Tampa Bay Times that the Florida Department of Environmental Protection will not give the city of Tampa a hoped for exemption from a state law that will prohibit the city from dumping 50 million gallons of highly treated wastewater into Tampa Bay. The Florida DEP says the wastewater dumped into the bay did not meet state standards for an exemption. Now, the city faces a 2032 state deadline to stop pumping their reclaimed water into the bay, but there is no consensus on what to do with it, if not that. Both Mayor Jane Castor and former Mayor Bob Buckhorn proposed a solution that involves mixing highly treated wastewater into the city's drinking water supplies. They have, without irony, apparently, labeled this proposal the Pure Project. City Councilman Bill Carlson calls it Toilet to Tap, along with other city council members who strongly oppose the Pure proposal. In fact, in September, a $1.2 million request to council from the mayor's administration for the Pure Project was voted down. Instead, the city will use money already allocated for the project to prepare for a workshop in January designed to answer at least some of the public's environmental concerns and renew the administration's request. Opposition to the Pure Project is widespread. The local chapter of the Sierra Club, represented by Vice Chair Gary Gibbons, the Friends of the River, represented by President Phil Compton, and neighborhood activist Carol Ann Bennett, Vice President of THAN, the Tampa Homeowners Association of Neighborhoods, are all with us on Midpoint today to explain what has been happening with Tampa's wastewater, what needs to happen now, and what shouldn't happen. Most importantly, they will tell you what our elected officials are doing and not doing to make sure that we have clean and safe drinking water going forward. So welcome to you all. Let me start with you, Gary. Uh, Give us an overview about the Pure Project or Toilet to Tap Project and why we should be paying attention to it right now. Thank you, Shelley. Uh, This actually goes back to Pam Iorio's days. I guess you can't be the mayor of Tampa without wanting to be in favor of Toilet to Tap. for the last two years, a group of us uh, that the, the city called stakeholders um, brought us together. It's the Sierra Club, uh, the League of Women Voters of Hillsborough County, um, THAN, and Friends of the River um, to talk about these issues because at that time there was Senate Bill 64 that was pending in the legislature, and they knew that it was going to pass, and they knew that it was going to allow them to do what they've wanted to do for a very long time, which is the Pure Project. Uh, they renamed it that. Um, that's why it's back on the table, because the legislature did pass what's what we refer to as Senate Bill 64. It's actually part of Section 
403.064 Florida statutes, and it deals with the reuse of reclaimed water. Senate Bill 64 was an ambitious attempt by the legislature to allow Florida to grow. Uh, They figure that we're going to run out of water, and there are a lot of places in the state that have water issues, that there's... uh, saltwater intrusion along the coast, for example, in many places. But but the problem with it is it's a one-size-fits-all band-aid and a mandate uh, to do something in 10 years to to reuse uh, treated wastewater. So uh, what Senate Bill 64 says that it has to be safely repurposed for beneficial uses. and so the question is, what's a beneficial use? Um, we think that this is a, was a solution looking for a problem. At um, least in the city of Tampa. It's, it seems like, uh, you know, one of the main issues uh, is that it does uh, not treat different communities differently depending on their needs. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the city of Tampa has a river running through it. And, and as a result of that, they are in a unique position uh, in terms of uh, availability of water supply. So a why lot of places couldn't the city have. of Tampa get a waiver or uh, a carve out from that uh, legislation to address, you know, what its particular circumstances were? Well, uh, it really, in terms of, of what happened with the Department of Environmental Protection, which we call DEP, mm-hmm. um, uh, DEP had a very narrow reading of the statutory language, and because of where the city puts the wastewater, which is, right now we dump uh, 50 million gallons a day into Seddon Channel right between Davis Island and Harbor Island. And um, that, that water has been highly treated. Um, it's actually, um, the, the, the quality of the bay has, has improved over years uh, because of the treatment that's been going on there. And, and so we thought that uh, this, this is water that would have otherwise come down the river, but for the city putting a dam in the river to use for its drinking water supply. Let me talk about a couple of terms. The the city's reservoir is the place the, the above the dam at Rowlett Park, um, and that's where the city draws water from and then purifies it and pumps it to your house and you turn on your tap. Below the river is what we call the lower river. Um, below the dam. Below the excuse yeah. me, below the dam, and and um, that that's the lower Hillsborough River, which flows into. Uh, Tampa Bay. And then that is, Tampa Bay is an estuary. It's a mixture of uh, freshwater and saltwater, um, that brackish, and it's a nursery for many of the fish that, that are so Im- important to the economy in this area. Um, and the, that the missing piece in this legislation is that it, it doesn't deal with estuaries. And so what we're proposing that the city do is to actually propose a change in the legislation, and we have drafted the language for it um, so that they will go forward and, and ask their lobbyists to, to 
to promote this in the legislative session that's coming up so that we can get this fixed. So if, one of the reasons we're talking about it now is because we are starting a new legislative session in January and uh, Sierra Club and the other stakeholders present on the show today and League of Women Voters and a number of other organizations are looking for the city administration to get involved and to take this action to lobby for a change in the legislation to give the city of Tampa some some leeway because their geographic circumstances are so different, right? Yes, yes. And, and last week at city council, a motion was passed to by city council asking the mayor to make this the top priority for their lobby team going into the next session. And so I want all of the listeners out there to please call the mayor and email her and tell her that this is a really important thing that she needs to get behind because this is going to give the city more flexibility to be able to do some planning and not necessarily do the things that they want to do, which is they talk about three things. They talk about drought-proofing the reservoir. So they want to put some of this treated wastewater into the reservoir to keep it full all the time. They also want to put some of it below the dam for what's called minimum flows, and Phil will talk about minimum flows in a second. Uh, And the third thing they want to do is they want to put the rest of it in the aquifer underneath central part of Tampa, like uh, Tampa Heights and Seminole Heights. And um, we have real concerns with all of those things. But, but let me just stop you for a second. I've got a, a text message here or an email from David, uh, David G., who says, is it really bad water like for that purpose? Because out west, with their record drought, they are already injecting in uh, treated water underground. And right now we have the luxury of extra water. It may sound unsanitary, but if it is treated correctly, we may soon have to do it. That's from David Gonzalez, who writes in and wants uh, wants to uh, question the concerns about pumping it into the aquifer, since there are many places around the country where they're already doing something similar with highly treated wastewater. Well, the city already does what they call aquifer storage and recovery. They put some of their treated drinking water down into the aquifer, up to 10 million gallons, all right? Um, the concern that we have is that they haven't told us how they're going to clean it. Okay. There are places that do reverse osmosis and UV treatment and all sorts of things to make it uh, pure water. Mm-hmm. Um, San Diego is an example. Um, and we've cited that to the city. And every time we mention reverse osmosis, their hair goes on fire. So, Because uh, it's very expensive. So isn't that really the rub here is that we don't have any answers about how they're going to treat it and how safe it's going to be. And isn't that what the citizens of Tampa are really concerned about? I have other text messages here from listeners who are saying, you know, no to toilet and toilet to tap, no matter what. No, just no. Um, but really, um, you know, there, there are many places around the country that uh, have similar programs, but uh, the purification process is what is unknown for the city of Tampa at this point. Isn't that right? Yeah, hi, this is Phil Compton. And uh, just to say, one reason why it's unknown is the city's approach has been, we'll do all the treatment that we can afford now, the city earns a profit on every gallon that consumers use right now. How much is this going to cost? 
Our concerns with this is that it's risky. There are no standards set by EPA or the state DEP for lots, hundreds of new contaminants that the city has never dealt with. Everything that you get at a CVS or a Walgreens, all the pharmaceuticals, the PFAS, forever chemicals, hormones, endocrine disruptors, all those sorts of things. We don't have a standard. So if the city treats it to any level where there is some remaining level of those contaminants, we don't know if that would be safe. We don't know if that's enough treatment. Also, it would be very expensive. Like Gary said, reverse osmosis is what Tampa Bay Water does now with the desal plant. Uh, that's great to have it when you need it, and we do need it occasionally, but that is the most expensive water that you can buy, and it's not needed. Today, we've already had 60 inches of rain this year. We average 50. So the trend here is more rain with climate change, not less. And our problem is that the city's long-term planning is really focused exclusively on the possibility of drought and water scarcity. There's really no planning going on for an overabundance of water, which is much more likely flooding, uh, shore property incursion. Those are the things that we need to do if we're going to have a sustainable and resilient Tampa as, you know, along with drought. But the only concern that the city has at this point is drought. I see. And Carol Ann, let me ask you, um, you're here basically representing the citizens of the neighborhoods of Tampa. Um, what are their concerns? I mean, is it safety? Is it cost? Is it, you know, what, what, what are the citizens telling you that, that, that they are most concerned about with regard to this program? Well, basically, the citizens care about three things. Is it necessary? How much is it going to cost? Is it safe? That's it. They don't really want all the technical details because they're too busy to analyze it. They want the answers to those three questions. And the um, support for the latest request by for an additional $1.2 million was overwhelmingly unanimously opposed by the citizens. Councilman Maniscalco made a point of saying that very controversial subjects that will cost the citizens money come up all the time, and, and he'll always get some letters and phone calls that are in favor of it. He said he did not receive one single contact from anyone in favor of the latest proposal by the city. And right. they got hundreds of emails. They were blown away. Hundreds of emails opposing this. Uh -huh. So that's a pretty clear mandate to find another way of dealing with this challenge. You're listening to WMNF 88.5 FM and WMNF.org. Uh, we are talking with Gary Gibbons, uh, Vice President of the Local Sierra Club Chapter, Phil Compton, President of the Tampa Bay Friends of the River, and Carol Ann Bennett, who is the Vice President of THAN, the Association of Neighborhood Organizations. Uh, we're talking about the Pure or Toilet to Tap, depending on your perspective, uh, program uh, that is being promoted by the city to put highly treated wastewater to mix it with our drinking water in the city of Tampa. And if you have some thoughts about that, you can give us a call at 813-239-9663. You can email us at dj at wmnf.org or you can text us at 813-433-0885. Um, so let me turn to the three of you and just throw out there what I think is the main question and that is, if not this, then what? 
If not this, then what? I mean, are you taking the position? Uh, you know, Carol Ann cited three concerns that the citizens of Tampa have. Um, are you taking the position that A, it's not needed? Are you taking the position that B, it's too unsafe currently? We don't have enough information uh, to feel uh, comfortable that the process would be safe. Um, what? What is it, what is the alternative if the if the state will not change the law if the legislature will not amend the law to carve out an exemption for Tampa or uh, a delay or some well, sort of amendment? Let me talk just a little bit about the other part of the law that what happened with Senate Bill sixty four and and understand that the state is really pushing this use of reclaimed water. When you read the, go on the, the DEP website and, and look at reuse of water, and they talk about it as though it's, you know, the best thing in the world. It's completely safe. And if we're going to treat it to drinking water standards. And as Phil said, there are no standards for these um, contaminants of emerging concern, CECs, um, that the, the really forever chemicals. Well, let me stop you on that just for a second. If that's the case, then the drinking water that we have today, what comes out of our tap now, there are no standards for that then either, right? Is that right? No, there are standards for it. And the city of Tampa put a little flyer in with our utility bills this fall saying, get a copy of our 2021 report where we show you how we meet all federal, meet and exceed all federal and state standards for the contaminants that we deal with. These are new contaminants. This is a whole new range of contaminants that we've never dealt with before. That's my point, yes. Phil. As of today, yeah. the water that comes up out of our tap is there. There doesn't, a, based on what I'm hearing from you, there doesn't appear to be a standard for these new contaminants for the water coming out of our tap today. Is it hasn't right? been necessary to have a standard for those things because they're not in that water in a way that they would be if half a million people's urine and shower water and everything else goes into the drinking water and then some of those contaminants remain in that drinking water. We've never dealt with this before. Okay, so you're saying that they're not currently, the source of the drinking water today is not currently a source that would potentially have enough of those contaminants in it that the city needs to currently treat the drinking water for them, right? Correct. Correct. The the current source is is the river. Okay. The source that we're worried about is our toilets. Okay. Right. And, and, okay. And, and it's not just our toilets. It's Tampa General Hospital's toilets. It's all of the industrial, um, you know, dry cleaners and battery manufacturing plants and all of these things in East Tampa all go into the same collection system. Let me and compare. all of that has to be treated. Sorry. Let me compare two cities. St. Pete, they use their reclaimed water to water their lawns. Here we use our drinking water to water our lawns. So one thing that would be safe, no one have an issue with, is to expand the purple pipes right. plan here in the city of Tampa and make that reclaimed water more available to people to use so we can conserve our drinking water by not tr- using it on our St. Augustine lawns. Right, okay, let me take a call here from Larry in Sarasota. Larry, you're on the air. Larry? Hey, good morning. Uh, yes, ma'am, good morning, great subject. Okay. My question is how much of the, uh, the the wastewater is used for agricultural purposes as well as irrigation for lawns and golf courses, but farms as well? Is good, there any? Good question, Larry. Thanks for your call. Uh, I think Phil was just addressing that. One, yeah. of the, one of the issues for conservation purposes would be to use it for 
for lawns and and make it more available and cheaper, I guess, for agricultural purposes. Right. And we don't have a lot of agriculture in the city, obviously, but in the Tampa Bay region as a whole, yeah, a lot of that water is used on golf courses and, and those sorts of purposes. And, and in the cities in Pinellas County, yes. One of the, one of the uh, things I, from my personal experience was when I looked into using reclaimed water at my home for lawn irrigation, uh, I, as a, as a homeowner, was expected to cover the cost of the installation, and there was no, op, no way to figure out when I would recoup my investment. There was no way to, to, you know, it wasn't like you could calculate, oh, in five years, you know, you will have recouped your installation investment. There was no uh, subsidy program for uh, the cost of installation. I mean, these are things that the city could consider if they wanted to encourage more people to put in reclaimed water. They could do it, you know, I don't even know if they do it in the city medians or things like that, in the public, uh, you know, areas where they need irrigation. And there'd be some cost in doing involved in doing that, right? But we're talking about a project that over 30 years could cost billions of dollars. We may spend a little doing that, expanding a reclaimed water, but it would be pennies to the dollar compared to building a new system, which really duplicates what Tampa Bay Water has operating, where we have the desal plant, where we have a backup supply for those rare days, a few days every few years, when we actually do need a little more water. That's what Tampa Bay Water is for. We're part of a regional system, but Tampa wants to go it alone as if Tampa Bay Water doesn't exist. Let me ask you, you know, because I'm such a skeptic in general and I always, you know, it's my instinct to follow the money. Is there is there some financial reason why the city uh, wants this wants this investment or you know, is there is somebody is somebody going to make a lot of money off this investment or what you know do we know anything about that we don't know who but somebody is because the the cost estimates for this pre-inflationary cost estimates that were done about a year and a half ago were anywhere between 3 and 6 billion dollars wow okay that senate bill 64 has zero funding for uh, any of the local municipalities who have to bear this cost. There are 167 of them across the the state who are facing the same problem that we are. This is going to be a taxpayer-funded thing to build this system. And I don't know if you ever looked at at whenever there is any kind of water project or road project, the numbers are off the charts. I call it the uh, the water industrial complex. <laughs> you know, they are out there and and charge a lot of money for things. The pipes project is costing you know a ton of money and raise people's bills. Uh, Carol Ann, you may have the numbers about how much we think this is going to raise people's bills if if the number is somewhere between three and six billion. I think it was like seventy five bucks a month. Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd say that's ballpark. I think the range was like forty nine to eighty. Yeah. Forty nine to eighty dollar increase in your water bill a month. Yeah, yeah. your utility bill is mostly solid waste, right? But if you look at the water part, it's not so much really. But this would tack on. So it would really double your utility bill by making the cost of water go way up. And the question is, again, why do we, the Tampa taxpayers, I live in Tampa, 
have to pay for this alone, where if you do something through Tampa Bay Water, that cost is shared through the entire region with everybody in Pinellas County and Polk County, Pasco County and all of the people who benefit, the Hillsborough County people. So we will be sharing that burden alone here in Tampa. So again, I you know, qui bono, you know, who benefits? I, I mean... Well, right now the city benefits from selling water, okay? Yeah. And they love it when you water your lawn with the stuff that comes out of your tap. Because they get to sell it to you at the at the, the higher price at the retail water. price, yeah. yeah. And um, so, just like Tico doesn't really care if you turn your lights on and off, they they want them on. <laughs> the city sort of the same way. And anytime there's a project where you're talking billions with a B, somebody's gonna make a lot of money. Yeah, that's my point. Yeah, I just wonder, you know, have we followed the money? Well, let me just add on, on to what Gary just said about the profit margin. <clears throat> I think you can tell that partially in the fact that they're not aggressively um, pushing conservation. Right. A lot of experts believe we can conserve our way out of this problem. Yet the city, I mean, how many people are constantly being inundated with offers of um, ways to save on their water bill? You're, you're not because they're not pushing that. And I think that that's a very telling thing. Um, you mean like xeriscaping and things like that? Yeah, low I mean, flow, flow toilets. Uh-huh. You know, do people go around to communities who may not be plugged into all the different devices and, and educate them and offer them, you know, those sorts of devices to save water, as as you could do if you wanted to really get serious about conservation. It's always been. Really just get something given lip service there, here. There were programs like that available. I remember um, receiving from uh, the city water department, because I'm a resident of the city too, a, a rainflow uh, uh-huh. gauge for my sprinkler system. Uh-huh. You know, that was made available. Uh, when they started the reclaimed water project for the purple pipes, as you call it, um, you know, there was a, there was a lot of... Uh, information about it nothing about cost though nothing no subsidies and nothing about cost just like this would be a good thing for you to do this would be a good Mm -hmm. uh, place for you to put your money Um, uh, I have a a text message here from Valerie who wants to know why will nobody explain what this water will be treated with I think she means or how it will be treated what is the plan for pure we met with city staff, and I mean the top staff, for the last two years, hours and hours and hours. And we asked that question every time we talked. And you know, we suggested reverse osmosis, which if you're going to do it, do that because that gives you H2O, period, nothing else. Okay, That's what San Diego is going to do. They have to do that. They have to use that water. It stopped raining out there, um, but they don't want to take any chances. Here, again, the answer is we're going to do all the treatment we can afford, whatever that means. To keep us in the black, I don't know. So as of now, we, we don't have an answer to that? We don't know what this <coughs> 3 to $5 billion is going to be used for? No, they, they, haven't, they <laughs> haven't said, well, they have not said what the treatment method would be. That's kind of crazy. It's and, a pig in a poke. And on the other hand, maybe you don't need to take, remove every molecule of every contaminant from this water, but unless you have a standard to tell you what level might be safe of those various contaminants, you don't know if deionization or anything else that might cost a little less would be safe enough. I asked the mayor a few months ago, uh, 
shouldn't we wait until there are standards? Shouldn't we ask the state to make that date to be determined until such standards are promulgated by the EPA? Seems sensible. And she said, well, you know, we don't want to be like those people out west where Lake Mead is shriveled up. It's like, well, Mayor, it's raining more <laughs> here, not less. Okay, we're not Arizona. Oh, my goodness. All right, I have a call from uh, Jamie in Brooksville. Jamie, you're on the air. Hello. Hello. Good morning to all of you. Um, I have a I have a question. Everyone's talking about following the money and this and that and who's going to make what. Um, my question is, why is the state of Florida allowing these companies to suck all the water out of our spring system and sell it back to us in plastic bottles? And who is making the money on that? I mean, all these people... You know, I don't know what they spend a year in licensing, but I've heard years ago that it was very, very little compared to how much they pump out. Good point, Jamie. That's a good point. Good question. What about that? Thank you for that question, Jamie. What Uh, about that? A little of our water that would be in our reservoir gets put into Zephyr Hills plastic bottles up in Pasco County, uh, and that water from Crystal Springs would, would flow into the river. And uh, that's been considered to be insignificant. It's like a million gallons a day uh, compared to the 82 million gallons a day that Tampa takes but out. But regionally, it, it's regionally, you have to ask, though, why are we giving that water away, right? I think it's a campaign finance issue, you know, because they, <laughs> the, the legislature is bought and paid for by these big companies. Wow. Nestle, okay. Nestle's doing this all over the world. Yeah, all over the world. Um, I have a call from Jerry in St. Pete. Jerry, you're on the line. You're on the air, Jerry. Hi. Hi, thanks. Um, and, yeah, I had a, just a question, and then I'll take my comments off, off air. But, um, first of all, um, how about a pat on the back? Um, I, I grew up here in St. Pete, and then I moved to Hawaii for about 35 years. And St. Petersburg back then was 20-plus years ahead of Hawaii in terms of water reclamation, and still is. They're so far behind you guys, it's not even funny. So, I mean, somebody had, you know, you have to you have to give credit where credit is. You have to talk about the good stuff, too. So, at least you've made some major progress where a place like Hawaii, you would think they would want to protect their only major industry, which is tourism. So, anyway, congratulations. Um, it's good to be back and have that option. So, my question is revolving around weights. Um, have you guys... Just a little bit of noise here. Have you guys researched um, two things? Have you tried to work with the universities, like the experts in the universities in these fields, our major universities? And what about composting toilets? I had a Sunmar composting toilet on my farm in Hawaii, and it was fantastic. I mean, um, do you want to comment on that? And I'll take my my comments offline. Thank you. Thank you for your call, Jerry. Appreciate it. Uh, Well, um, on the first question about you uh, talking to experts from universities, I mean, have we have we spoken with people? Uh, has uh, you know, like the Sierra Club nationally or whatever? Ha- do they have experts on tap, so to speak, who could uh, talk about these issues? Who've done reports, who which can be presented to the state legislature? Is that part of a lobbying program that you all have planned, for example? That, that the Sierra Club nationally does have experts that um, know about the reclaimed water and, and uh, those issues. That thus far, there's not been any engagement that, that I'm aware of with the legislature on this. 
Um, but it certainly is needed uh, because somebody has sold them, you know, on this concept that this is the only way, you know, Florida needs to grow, grow, grow. That's all we that's all we know how to do, right? And and water is going to become an issue that will get in the way of growth. And so this is the legislature's uh, way of, of fixing that, uh, unfortunately. The, the problem is it's a 10-year window. By January 1st, 2032, uh, everybody across the state has to be doing this. You can't, you won't be allowed to release it water. unless it's a beneficial use. Now, the, the rub is that um, DEP is talking about using deep well injection as a quote-unquote beneficial use. You know, I don't know how putting it 2,000 feet underground is, is beneficial to anybody, um, it's beneficial because it isn't somewhere else, I guess. But, um, <laughs> you know? but you know, that's that's not a reuse. We, and, and this whole the 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 statute is is titled reuse of water. Okay. We'd like to see this statute uh, amended through another bill, as Gary was speaking earlier, so that the city has more flexibility in what it deals with. The the reason why the perspective was rejected is that an artificial line was drawn at the mouth of the river saying this is the river it has a minimum flow to protect its estuary estuarine function where the fish go to spawn and the juvenile fish grow up that also happens in the bay just on the other side of downtown but they said if that water from the treatment plant goes into the bay and it's fresh and then it gets dispersed and diluted into the bay um that that doesn't matter because we don't need to worry about fresh water going to the bay. It's pretty much, at times, the only fresh water that the bay ever gets. And if you cut that off and you use it in other ways, if we use that water twice and it never gets into the bay, that doesn't help the bay. It hurts the bay. It hurts the fish population of our area. It hurts everything that people come here to see. All right. Well, you're listening to WMNF 88.5 FM or WMNF. .org, and we have guests here who are stakeholders in the water issues of the city of Tampa. Um, and we're here talking about the what the city calls the Pure Project and what various city council people refer to as toilet to tap, um, the wastewater plan that's at issue right now. And hopefully, according to my guests today will be back before the legislature in January in the new session. Uh, if you have calls or comments uh, about these issues, you can give us a call at 813-239-9663. You can email us at dj at wmnf.org or you can text us at 813-433-0885 and we welcome your uh, comments as well. So, uh, I have a, a text message here from Bar Bob in Largo who says, I personally spoke before the Tampa Bay Board in opposition before the pandemic. He may mean council. My opinion is that the city of Tampa will not let this go without major popular opposition. Uh, so let me ask you, Gary, and, and perhaps Carol Ann, what, um, what are you asking uh, people in the city of Tampa or regionally, if they care about water issues, what are you asking uh, them to do? Well, because the legislative session is about to start up again, we feel that it's important to allow this amendment that we've drafted 
to to be supported by the city and get passed by the legislature that will give the city flexibility to be able to continue to release some of the water into some or all of it into the bay and and, and so and that so, will buy us time so you have to first lobby the city right. to agree to that yep to to the necessity of the amendment the state law amendment and then get the city to use their lobbyists to lobby for the amendment in the state legislature, right? And, That's and, the track. And when we say the city, we mean Mayor Jane Castor because the, the Tampa has a strong mayoral form of government. City council has already asked her to do this, but it's up to her. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, people need to call and email her and say, we want this to be supported. Well, she is running for re-election now, so she may be more interested in what what the citizens of the city have to say. Her email is jane.caster at tampagov.net. And uh, wish her happy birthday today, too. Because, <laughs> you know, I think the mayor's doing a great job in a lot of areas. But this is an area where she and her predecessors, Pam and Bob, uh, needed to hear from the citizens to get on the right course. And, and this language that we're proposing will not preclude any of the alternatives, even the ones that the city wants to do, if... Uh, it's just going to allow us some breathing time and some flexibility. You know, there are many times of the year when we have excessive rainfall and and, and we don't even need to have minimum flows. Uh, the city, Phil, you want to talk about minimum flows so people know what we're talking about? Yeah. We have the dam uh, at Rowlett Park just a little south of Bush Gardens. In case you don't know where our drinking water comes mm-hmm. from, it's right in the middle of the city there. Uh, they release a little bit of water every day to maintain the type of habitat for the fish to come upriver from the bay and spawn. Some fish like fresh water. Uh, some fish like sort of salty water. You have a variety of habitats as the water goes down river. That's the most fertile place on earth if you don't mess it up. So the river gets water from the Tampa Bypass Canal, which is another source of water, fresh water that Tampa has, and from Sulphur Springs. One problem we have, this gets a little complicated, but Sulphur Springs has been overpumped by not using, choosing not to use the Tampa Bypass fresh water and using the Sulphur Springs water. Instead, the city has impaired sulfur springs. So they say, well, we want to stop that. We want to replace all that water with this reclaimed water, with this treated wastewater. And again, like you're t- if you're concerned about your granddaughter drinking it, we're also concerned about the juvenile fish swimming in this water because there's no standards to say that it would be safe for them. If you have enough endocrine disruptors, if you have enough estrogen in the water, all the boy fish turn into girl fish. So would that be something that we'd be at risk of? Would we crash the population by trying to help them? Right. You have to know these things before you do it. Right, right. Okay, I've got a couple calls here. Let me bring in uh, Steve from Dunedin. Steve, you're on the air. Hi. Hi, I, uh, you're on the air. I've spent uh, a good portion of my career as a city manager and fairly I have a keen understanding of water and wastewater utilities, and I was a participant in shutting down the wastewater plant in Bel Air, as well as rerouting all the water from Plant City to an industry 15 miles away uh, in order to offset their consumption of pristine potable water. Uh, we were we had a consent order to get our wastewater out of Thanodasassa uh, Lake, and we're as a point source, we were regarded as the principal of source of pollutants to that lake 
but I. Well, what's your uh, what's your thoughts about this uh, well, cure plan? First of all, first of all uh, the most ridiculous thing that I have witnessed as a city manager has been the use of reclaimed water and building an entire new set of infrastructure to get it into cities. Uh, even though there's not enough for everybody to have a piece of it, and that was true in Plant City as well, there wasn't enough to go around to irrigate everybody's lawn, so you had to pick and choose which neighborhoods would get that reclaimed water. But it's the most ridiculous expenditure uh, uh, that I have ever witnessed as a city manager, and one that should have been avoided at all costs. I think there was an alternative readily available, and that is to take all of the reclaimed water, highly treated reclaimed water, and pipe it back to wetlands where it could be, or put it onto spray fields where it would not do much harm to the environment and be filtered through hundreds of feet of earth before it got back down to potentially into an aquifer. How how would the city of Tampa be able to do that? We don't really have too many wetlands or spray fields within the city limits. Tampa Bay water, Tampa Bay water. I see. Capacity to build another pipeline or just reverse engineer the existing pipelines to take it from the well field and pump it back to those same well fields and put the water on top of the ground where it will ultimately be cleaned up as it goes through hundreds of feet of earth and or into wetlands where it would be naturally treated and you know i'm sure the wetlands could handle it a lot better than than a person's uh, intestinal system. <laughs> right. So, Steve, uh, that sounds like a, a really uh, interesting solution. Um, I would urge you to get in touch with Gary Gibbons and the local Sierra Club and and uh, Phil Compton and the Friends of the River and uh, help lobby uh, for that type of a uh, an alternative because obviously you have the background and and the expertise well, yeah, the, to. When you think about the cost of reclaimed water, it's it's nickels and dimes compared to what you pay for potable water. Right. But it's probably ought to be the most expensive water on the planet when you think about the infrastructure cost it took to get it right. into the cities. Right. There were, it, and it was just a redundant, unnecessary, because we should be using, I mean, to use potable water to flush toilets, I mean, that by itself is an absurd, absurd undertaking. Right. It sure is. You made some great points, Steve. Thank you so much for calling in, and I really hope that you'll, uh, you know, step up and, and uh, bring your expertise to bear on this issue for the city of Tampa that obviously need need help. So yeah. thanks a lot for calling yeah. in, Steve. Thanks, You're welcome. thanks, Steve. That's a great that's a great comment. That's a great point. Uh, Hillsborough County's been testing that type of system, uh, but... Again, this is something where if Tampa would work with Tampa Bay Water, as we've advertised, um, advised them to do, sorry, um, then we, the citizens of Tampa, wouldn't be paying the full cost of whatever we do with this. So there's a regional resource that could be used in that way, and, and maybe that would be a much safer and economical way to go about it. All right. I have another call from Jerry in St. Pete. Jerry, you're on the air. Yeah. So here's the idea. So um, I don't know if they're going to admit it, but I'm I'm a Gator graduate, and I'm a landscape architect, and I was a farmer on the Big Island. So that other guy was making a lot of sense to me. He was making a lot of sense. So here's my idea. My idea is, you know, you're very progressive with your water reclamation, as I've already commended you for, and 
how about the Greenways? That was a big deal that was done through, the, I believe, the University of Florida, my alma mater. So you did a statewide Greenways plan, which we projected over in Hawaii. They've got one, too, although I don't know if they're implementing it, but at least... The, All right, well, what effort. is the Greenways program? So that... So the uh, oh the greenways the uh, rails to trails it's all the bike, bike oh okay all right so so, so use the reclaim water in those areas no 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 here you go ready so this is this might be a bit out there but it's the best I can do so what you do is you create a bunch of micro reservoirs around the state on a statewide plan you can you cover the entire state and you give tax incentives to both the ag people and the people who are growing plants. The horticulture people and whatever they can, whenever they can use a high saline treatment or if they can treat it more. And then they get it with a tax break or tax incentive and they're stored either in, in, um, recycled giant facilities or those giant containers and they can either come pick them up in their trucks or there's a big. All right. Well, we can't reservoir. get too deep into the plan or the weeds. Okay, well, that, that's, that's it. But, that's the idea. All okay. right. Well, thank you, right. Jerry. Thanks You're for. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thanks. I, 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 you know, one of the things I'm noticing in this discussion is how often people are proposing these, you know, really good ideas and innovative solutions, none of which can be implemented in the city of Tampa alone, you know, within the city limits um, and within the city's own limited infrastructure, because these are regional issues. Um, But within the region, you know, every place is a little bit different. The resources that you have, um, the resources that you lack. I mean, we, you know, we don't have wetlands in the middle of the city of Tampa, for example. And so the idea of working in a, in a regional sense seems to me to be much more uh, responsible and, and flexible. That's what you call Tampa Bay water. Yeah, that's Tampa Bay water. So one of the, one of the issues I'm wondering is, it, do the stakeholders have a plan for promoting this idea that we really should be working on this regionally, either through Tampa Bay water or with Tampa Bay water and not in isolation as the city? We've asked for that for two years, and we've asked them to consider other alternatives other than putting it in the aquifer, putting it in the reservoir, or putting it down in the river, because it, it, we're for, we are forecast to have more rain here than, than drought. Uh, and over the last 25 years, um, there have been uh, an average of 211 days a year, or 58% of the time on average, that there's been flow over the dam. Okay, so they don't need it for, for minimum flows on that. In wet years, there can be 300 days of rain, uh, water going over the dam. And, and so where are you going to put 50 million gallons? You're not going to put it in the aquifer. If you put it in the aquifer, it's going to come up. It's going to upcone into, into springs and into people's wells. There, there are a lot of people that have potable wells uh, that live in Tampa Heights and Seminole Heights that they drink out of. Right. And, and and the city wasn't even aware that, that that was going on. We had to bring that to their attention. So there are a lot of problems with with trying to keep it in this pure bucket that the city wants. But that is what they have filed with DEP. They had to file a report a year ago saying, this is our plan and this is what we intend to implement within the next 10 years. And they have not changed that. So when they say that pure is off the table, it's not off the table in Tallahassee yet. So we are encouraging more and more alternatives. 
Mm-hmm. Purple pipes, uh, you know, using it for gray water for toilets, mm-hmm. you know, a, a bunch of different things. Um, I, I think the idea that that, that city manager caller uh, had was terrific. Mm-hmm. Uh, Again, write Jane Caster, jane.caster at tampa.gov.net and ask her to get her lobbying team to work on getting some flexibility into the state mandate, which is completely unfunded and it's going to completely be on the back of Tampa taxpayers. Yeah. And I think, uh, Carol Ann, uh, this, the Tampa taxpayers issue, um, if you don't want your uh, water bills, your utility bills to go up to pay for this this uh, pure project, um, I think now is the time uh, for you to get involved um, either with the Sierra Club, Friends of the River, THAN, the uh, Tampa Association of Homeowners uh, and Neighborhood Associations, and and really make your voice heard on this because it's coming. It's coming in the next legislative session. Either it's going to be addressed or it isn't. And if it isn't, it's going to come in your, you're going to see it in your utility bills. Isn't that right, Carol Ann? Absolutely. And um, we're going to be reaching out as much as possible using everything at our disposal to educate the citizenry and ask them to um, try to get us the flexibility and the time we need so that we can thoroughly examine our options and make informed, intelligent decisions. Um, What they're proposing a 50 million gallons a day, it's it's just not necessary. It's like if you enter a dark room, you turn on the light, but you don't turn on every light in your house and leave them on year round because it's unnecessary and it's expensive. And that, I think, is very a good analogy of what they're proposing because we get so much rain. We, are not, we don't live in an arid desert. Right. And, and understand that, that DEP, uh, the city has a permit to release the 50 million gallons a day into the into the bay, it's deemed to be safe for for that purpose. The problem is it doesn't fit in the pigeonhole of of Senate Bill 64 as a beneficial use because they the, the of the wording of the statute. I won't go into all the detail of the so wording. So really, that would be a simple fix. It's a to simple just fix. Designate that as a beneficial it, use. Wasn't that right. what was just before the DEP now, though, and they rejected that? Because exemption? of the Avero narrow reading of Senate Bill 64 as it exists today. Okay. Not not the fact that we're putting that water into okay. the bay. That was okay. It draws a dashed line, artificial line, at some point downtown saying, this is the river and foot over here, that's it's the, the bay. bay. It's a marine okay. environment and, and there's no benefit to fresh water going into the bay. Yeah. Okay. So uh, before we wrap up here, let me just ask you all uh, to give our listeners information of how they can contact you or your organization if they want to get more involved in this. Let's uh, make it quick. TampaBaySierraClub.com Friends of the Hillsborough River on Facebook and come out this Sunday to the Holiday Boat Parade that Sierra Club and Friends of the River puts on Lowry Park up to Sulphur Springs 6 o'clock at Lowry Park Boat Ramp. Okay, and Carol Ann? Info at ThanTampa.com Okay. Um, I, I, I encourage everybody who's been so interested in this issue um, and in their utility bills and in the safety of their drinking water to get in touch with these organizations and help them lobby Mayor Jane Castor. And it is the mayor, not the city council, because uh, we have a strong mayor form of government. City council is, has already rejected the $1.2 million that the mayor has asked for for the Pure Project. They are uh, definitely backing this plan to uh, seek 
an amendment of the state legislation. So really get involved with these organizations, put some pressure on the mayor if you agree with the position that uh, that they're advocating and uh, and hopefully we will get some relief in the next year in the next legislative session. If you joined us late in the show, feel free to go back and listen on demand from the Midpoint Archives at WMNF.org slash Midpoint or on the app or find us on WMNF Midpoint wherever you get your podcasts. I want to thank my WMNF volunteers, Jessica Green on the soundboard and Barbara Fling who answers the phones for us. As always, I thank you, the listeners, for your interest and support of Midpoint. And if you enjoyed the show um, and as you're doing your holiday shopping this season think about a true sustainable gift which would be the gift of community no plastic consumerism crap destined for a landfill no money for the big boxes or Jeff Bezos how about a gift of membership to WMNF Community Radio you can easily do that online and you can put in the notes that this is a gift for your loved one or friend and if you include their address the fabulous Miss Julie will send them an acknowledgement that you have made this gift for them and send it along with the coveted WMNF bumper sticker. No fuss, no muss, no bother, and nothing but love. Now, please stay tuned for Talking Animals with Duncan Strauss up next. We are WMNF Tampa, and we'll be back next week with another Midpoint show. Uh, thanks again for listening. Okay.